Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Jump pass over to Poole on the right wing. Poole tries to penetrate. Step back. Takes a three off the dribble. Popped out. DiVincenzo with a rebound to Kaminga for a dunk. Dante DiVincenzo snuck in from the backside and got the rebound. Warriors 100. Pelicans 96. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. All right, hour number two, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Warriors go on to win 108-99. They sweep the homestand 5-0, so now 34-30. and Eight of the next ten, though, on the road, including the next three at L.A., OKC, and Memphis beginning tomorrow. 888-957-9570. Uh, let's get back to the phones, Whitey, as promised. There's also a little bit of NBA breaking news. I want to get everybody caught up on this John Morant story, which is uh, a little bit odd as well. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll do that uh, coming up momentarily. But uh, let's get it going here with Joe, as promised, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Joe? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Hey, first of all, I got two questions. First of all, who do you guys think would be coach of the year? I'm thinking Mike Brown. And then the second question is, with, with the with with uh, uh, Steph Curry out, I just think the Warriors get better ball movement. They add a different flavor for defenses that don't haven't seen this type of offense. And I think that that flavor is making it hard for um, teams to adjust. They don't know who the shooter is because they're passing the ball really, really good. And so I just think, do you think that the Warriors are a better team without Steph Curry? I know you guys don't. <laughs> uh, no. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks for the call. No, and that's not, not where we were going with that at all. <laughs> Fair question, but, but no. The, the, yeah, the answer is no. Uh, as I think it's more about other opportunities for for players to play more and know they're going to get more minutes and have the ability to make some mistakes and they're still going to get minutes to make plays. I think when Steph is back, you're just a deeper team and you're a better team and and you just have to fit the whole game flows together differently. The whole rotation flows together differently. The combinations of players that are playing together flow uh, together. And look, I think the Warriors have taken this thing about as far as they can take it with the group that they currently have. I know I've said it a lot. you you got to play the last 18 games with this team that they've played the last five without Wiggins and without Curry. And I can almost guarantee you it's not going to be a pretty record. And so it's it's time for Steph to come back and play. 
But what what do you make of the, the, the reasons why, other than some of the ones you mentioned earlier, which are they've had a favorable schedule, fortunately, in the yeah. games that he's missed, a home-heavy schedule? It's just the defense has made all the difference, and it's not about, oh, they're moving the ball, ball movement's better without Steph. No, it's that they're, they're defending, and that's not a reflection of him. It's not like, well, they play better defense without him. In fact, I think when he's back, the defense will get even easier to play in a way because it's a lot easier when you're making shots and he's going to make more shots. I, I also think, you know, the Warriors have struggled early in games and I, I expect that when Steph's back and he's starting again, that that will not be an issue. Because I was wondering today, remember last year when he came back late in the year, it's like, wow, he came off the bench. Would he be coming off the bench? Oh, of course he wouldn't because they've been struggling so much. So it's a kind of a roundabout way of answering your question, but I think they have missed him more than they've played well without him in some ways, uh, and I think they're going to get oh, yeah. getting off to better starts once he's back in the lineup. Hopefully tomorrow. No, no question, and I think that has been the most glaring area yeah. where Steph has been missed. I, I think it's just it it's there's just been so many odd things when when this team has been whole this year. They've they've tried to coast the defense for the most part, especially on the road, has been brutal. And the part that really has been unexplainable above all of it is their inability to close games against bad teams on the road and in some in tight ones yeah like yeah. How, many, how many times has it been five minutes to go warriors are tied on the road even against a bad team fully fully loaded and they can't win i mean you go back to the, the early part of the season they're still feeling the sting of that 0-5 road trip at the beginning of the year that dipped him to 3-7. and There's been a lot going on behind the scenes, as we've talked about. We're not sure what those things are. It looks like maybe those things are getting more manageable. Um, you know that Jordan Poole and Steve Kerr had a sit-down, right? You heard about that? So yeah. They had, yeah, so I asked when I was, I was in for Damon Wednesday, and I asked Steve Kerr, what would you be willing to share with us about the talk you have with Jordan Poole? And he said, uh... Don't take it personally, but nothing. So you know, there, there's some some things going on there that I, I think they they are making progress. They've talked to uh, Clay about his adjustments. So I think in addition to who's in, who's out, better defense, I think they've been addressing some of these things bubbling under the surface. JD, I don't know, but it looks to me like they're 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 getting a better handle on, on those things a, as a team. Yeah, and and again, they have if if Steph comes back, I mean, they know who their top eight is. It's yeah. just a matter of getting the right combinations in the fold with that top eight, and then Gary Payton the second becomes the the ninth as well. I I think he probably if he's healthy enough becomes the eighth, and Kaminga becomes the ninth. But it's semantics. I think they're both going to play, and they're both going to have to play. Uh, and, speaking but, of Gary I, Payton, are you wearing yeah. a Sonics shirt today? Is that a Sonics? Yeah, shirt? I did. Like, yeah, I am. Okay, I nice. am. That is. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. We'll show everybody. Yeah, I I do collect. I have a. Uh, well done. I have a. I have a bunch of, yeah, for those watching on YouTube and, and Twitch, uh, I do defunct sports franchise t-shirts. Nice. So I have, like, Houston Oilers, Hartford Whalers, Montreal Expos. I have a bunch of ABA ones, uh, similar, yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've got a bunch of a bunch of different yeah, t-shirts that I'll break out. And, yeah, Sonics. Very nice. Sonics this morning here mm -hmm. uh, for those watching on YouTube <laughs> and Twitch. So well, let's get to Austin in San Jose. Uh, Austin, you're up uh, here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Austin? What's up, guys? Nice talking to you guys, as always. Listen, um, JD, man, yeah, I was in a good mood until you just mentioned getting my taking my guy, JK. You know how I feel about Kaminga, man. That's my guy. But you just said something real subtle. You were going to move him down the lineup. 
And I'm thinking, I don't know how that's possible. Um, well, if, no Peyton's way, back, if Peyton's too, back and playing. That's not going to happen. Um, so I got to vehemently disagree with that one, J.D., uh, just on the top. Um, but, but I'll listen to your comment off there. But the other thing I wanted to say was, as far as the playoffs, connected Warriors versus disjointed Warriors, I call them. I mean, and that's going to be the difference is to say how far the Warriors can go. Um, we see a scattered team most nights. Uh, we haven't seen a real connected team. When they're connected, we've seen what they can do defensively. Um, even Lamb, I thought Lamb and Kaminga did fantastic jobs last night, like staying in front of Brandon Ingram and some of the other guys that are really difficult to guard. So I want to give them kudos. And the final thing, going back to J.K. again, um, I want your thoughts on this, J.D., because I know you've been a, you've been a sort of an up-and-down um, Kaminga guy. But next year, in my mind, Kaminga's got to be in the starting lineup. So I want to understand, get your thoughts on how that would look and whether you think that's even possible. All right, we'll talk soon. Well, I don't, I don't know where he would be in the starting lineup if if the Warriors have Draymond Green on the roster and Kevon Looney on the roster and Andrew Wiggins on the roster with Clay Thompson and, and, and Steph Curry. So I think that that's a little bit premature. To go back to the first part on Kaminga, he, he's going to play in the playoffs. I think what I'm, what I'm getting at is if he doesn't play well in individual games, Steve Kerr's going to have options to go away from him. And and I think you know Peyton would be an option to to play him less if if he doesn't make the impact that he's made in these last five games. If he makes the impact he's made in these last five games, he's playing in every single playoff game, and he's probably playing about twenty minutes a game in every single playoff game. Like that's that's just point blank, cut and dry, not up for debate. But and I think Kaminga and Divincenzo Whitey. To bring it back to when the Warriors are whole and this conversation about you know them being connected because I think Austin's right on with it. When when you look at 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 Kaminga and Divincenzo, they've been the two players that have been afforded, I think, more minutes, regardless uh, to to play well, to make mistakes, to work through it, because Curry and because Wiggins have both been out. And I think they've ended up being net positives because of it. When the Warriors are more whole, there's there can be a little bit of a shorter leash, I think, for somebody like Kaminga specifically, and just you know fewer minutes in totality for for a guy like Divin. Like does Divincenzo start playing maybe a little bit more than Pool in certain games? You know, does does that does that start to work out? You know, as this team is more fully healthy, I don't know. But I think that's the balance. It's those two players. How do you get what you've been able to get out of them? And I think Jordan Poole, to a certain extent, too. How do you get a maximized, efficient Jordan Poole as he goes back into that sixth-man role? Do you abandon some of the three-guard lineups, which haven't been successful this year? It's, it's the combinations and the minutes and the margin for error, I think, for a lot of these players that have been able to play without having to worry about having their minutes lessen too much, even if they don't play well. Kaminga last night took advantage, as did Jermichael Green to a degree, of the matchup you had size-wise against the Pelicans. Kaminga's been excellent this week. As far as will, will he start next year or not, as you say, well, it would probably depend on whether Draymond's here or not. But that that's, that's neither here nor there. He's been a success story this year. I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing for good reason about the lack of developing, you know, Moosey, Moses Moody, pardon me, hasn't uh, developed well. And they traded Wiseman. Kuminga has been 
for the most part, a moderate success during this week. He's been a huge success. So he's a big part of what they're doing. Certain matchups, he gives them that energy. Last night, I thought he almost literally flew in to rescue them. We also saw mm-hmm. him this week making some shots. You and I have talked about how if he starts making like corner threes, how are you going to guard the guy? So it's all trending upward for him, and it's all positive, and his role is going to depend in the playoffs how consistent he can be and on matchups. But I think they got to be thrilled with what they're getting out of him right now. Uh, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open. Let's let's keep it going here with uh, Oscar in Stockton as we got a lot of people that want to talk on the phone lines. Oscar's next here on 95.7 The Game. And we'll get everybody updated on what's going on with John Morant after that. Uh, hey, Oscar. What's going on with you guys, fellas? Hey. I just want to say one thing about the Warriors fans that's complaining about Lamb. Lamb is one of our best players. He made, if you look at the games, he made two shots. Even though yesterday he missed a couple threes, he makes the right plays. That's why Steve's trusting a lot. And, you know, if we got a dilemma, yeah, about like keeping two way players, but it's not a bad dilemma. That, that saved us from going out there in the buyout market. We do not need to get another player. You got to trust in the system. I keep on telling everybody that. I always call every day. The Warriors coaching staff, if you recognize what they've been doing, they've been game planning with the defense, playoff to get defense. And that's what the, that's what the key is right now. We are playing defense, and they, the Warriors are buying into the strategies, and that's what that's what that's what's got us winning right now. And it's going to continue to happen when Steph get back. Guarantee you, like I said, we'll finish top four before the season over with. Thanks for the call. Uh, we'll see. Top, they're going to have to play excellent. Top four. Lamb is somebody that's trusted. He has made some big shots. I, I think he's a player that gives the Warriors a dynamic that they don't always have. I, I'm not sure about the whole ended up fourth part of it, though. We'll see. <laughs> I think one of the reasons some fans resent Lamb and his supplies to Jerome, too, is because they don't see him as part of the future they see him as you know he's just here short term he's not that good and you'd be better off long term developing a guy who's going to be around but you know how coaches are Steve Kerr knows that there's it's kind of like what he got last year from guys like Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson remember we talked so many people would go nuts about Damian Lee why does he play coach knows for the most part I'm going to at least get this from this guy Anthony Lamb has been an amazing surprise this year he shot the ball well he rebounds fairly well he's uh, maybe not a great a defender individually, but he's a smart defender, good team defender. So he's played more than Moody because he's played better than Moody and he's played consistently at a pretty high level. And that's why he's playing. He's helping them. Yeah, and that will be the case, I think, moving forward here, assuming that his contract gets yeah, picked up and he you're gets right. one, more, that what, 15th, one more game. Yeah. Into that 15th roster spot. One more game. It sounds as if potentially the Warriors may not play him tomorrow, uh, depending upon if Steph comes back. We'll see. Uh, but they do have the roster spot to sign him into, but they may want to delay the, the decision for as long as they can uh, to you know keep the roster flexibility and the financial component and, and all of that. Do you want to keep everybody updated on this breaking story throughout the morning here as it pertains to John ja Morant? Uh, there was a report uh, this morning, and the NBA had released a statement, uh, and the Grizzlies now have, have also released a statement uh, regarding John ja Morant. Uh, the NBA investigating 
a Instagram live video from John Morant from early Saturday where it had appeared that Morant had a gun. Did you uh, see had it? Displayed, it? Had displayed a gun. Yeah, yeah. you can you can yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, so yeah, you can see you can see it if you watched it. Yeah. Uh, Looks like a gun to me. It does. Yeah. And so the NBA released a statement saying they're investigating it. And the Grizzlies now have just announced that John Morant is going to be away from the team hmm. for at least the next two games. So there's been a lot of things floating around. I mean, this is not the first time that there's been an incident involving a gun that's been reported involving Morant here in the last couple of weeks. There was a story about him going and, and beating up a, a a kid, basically, somebody under pickup, the age of yeah, eighteen, yeah, yeah, uh, playing a uh, pickup game, and so uh, some some ugly and odd stuff uh, potentially uh, with with John Morant. He's going to be uh, away from the team, and, and the Grizzlies are. And you know, we talked about it earlier. The Grizzlies have kind of been in shambles since December, really, and you know they're only one game up on Sacramento. I know they've played without Morant. They also got some bad news on the injury front uh, just re- just in the time that it's taken me to to bring you the John Morant news. Brandon Clark is out for the season wow. with a Achilles injury. He tore his Achilles last night in Denver, and so he is he's done for the year. Woj reported that, and the Grizzlies have actually just confirmed that now with a, a statement. So they lose one of their bigs here, and uh, yeah. They've, they've written a lot of checks with their mouth that their play may not be able to cash, and now there's a lot of other stuff yeah. going on surrounding the Grizzlies and, and surrounding John Morant. From a basketball standpoint, I wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons they haven't been playing well, if some of these things are things that uh, his teammates have been aware of and they've been a distraction. I don't know. More importantly than that, it's just it's alarming, and these seem like unforced errors that Ja is making, errors of judgment at at the very least. They're that. Hopefully, they're not more some reflection of some issues uh, that he has. It's so sad, and hopefully, you know, we don't know exactly what's true. Obviously, they're serious enough where the team has to address them, and the league has to address them. This is a guy who has a chance to be a young face of not only the franchise, but the league going forward. So, hopefully, he can come to his senses if these things are true, and and curb this before as something actually tragic happens. It's a very disturbing and, and sad story, ultimately. Let's get to Jonathan in San Francisco next year on Warriors this week. 888-957-9570. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Saturday. Hey, obviously a, a great uh, homestand, uh, five-game winning streak. But you know what's even better is, uh, I don't know, uh, how active are they with the buyout market, but they're, they're the only team that's getting three fresh bodies. If everything works out great and all those guys are back, they're getting a superstar instead, Kerry. They're getting an all-star two-way wigs, and they're getting a shutdown defender in GP2. And I don't know if any other team's going to get that kind of reinforcement that we are. And I'm, I'm just so excited, man. Go Warriors. Yeah, the reinforcements are yeah. coming. There's there's no doubt about it, Whitey. With Steph and obviously Wiggins at some point. I know we had Bob Myers on. And, I was going to ask you about that. Into, yeah, that was very interesting. Don't want to get into this its specifics, and he didn't offer any specifics. But but Guru, I thought really you know delicately asked the question in a manner where 
uh, Bob answered it, and you know, I thought Bob gave more without getting into any of the specifics about what's going on. I mean, Guru basically said to him, you know, is there a scenario where he's out for a long time or the rest of the season? And and Bob said, no, I don't think so. And and so I think that and and the tone of it, and nobody knows, and, right. and maybe Wiggins addresses what's been going on once he returns. But I do think it was starting to get down that road of wondering, like. Is it possible maybe that what's going on is so serious that he may not come back at all? And it doesn't sound as if that's the case, although there's no no known detail as to what's going on or even when when he would be back at this point still. Yeah, that was uh that was very interesting. And I know I've heard from people on the text line that you know, think it's disrespectful to talk about Wiggins and whether he's coming back. But uh, everything that's going on, whatever it is, obviously is way more important than basketball. But if, you know, we are basketball fans, so we do have to discuss that aspect of it. And I appreciate that Bob Myers on on with you and Guru addressed it, at least in that way. And as he said, look, it's, you know, it's, it's not as important as everything going on with him. And uh, we don't mean to get into areas that we really can't discuss, but they don't believe, based on what they know, that it's something that's probably going to keep him out. So from a basketball standpoint, that's good news. And I think that also would suggest that whatever it is, hopefully they can have a positive resolution for it before too long, which is even better. Yeah, no no question. And and I think that would be, yeah, I, I think that would be something that, that would be welcome. And but it's a great point by Jonathan. That's a really good point. You look at who the Warriors have that they can realistically expect to be adding down the stretch. Um, that's very encouraging. Well, and it's all the more reason why the, the, this group gets a lot of credit. And it's really the second time this season that the group without Curry and without Wiggins has saved the season when it looked like it was. I mean, we, we talked about it a lot last week on the show, Whitey, just how bleak and ugly and bad the energy and the vibe was in the Bay. I mean, I, I don't know what was going on. I think you could feel it a little bit from the team, maybe the frustration of, of not being able to win on the road and all the losses starting to pile up and back under 500 going into this homestand and, and the first game against the Rockets. But, but people were so down after that Lakers game, the first game coming out of the break. Which was kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, they're which expecting. W- yeah. Which was weird, uh, given how they played on the road, given the fact that the Lakers were a better team at that point than they had been, and, and obviously the Warriors were. But but I, you have to give this group from Clay and Draymond and Looney to Poole and DiVincenzo and and Kaminga, uh, along with Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome. I mean, this group that's been playing the bulk of the minutes here is basically the same group that was playing the bulk of the minutes back in in December and leading into January when the Warriors had that other five-game winning streak on that homestand that kept them from from really careening down five, six games under 500, which I think would have been... It would have been a gap that they would still be trying to make up for at this point. And you, know, you could have maybe done it in January, although the Warriors hadn't played well enough since to, to make you think they would have. But you can't have that in March. I mean, if this team ends up four games under five hundred in March, you're in massive trouble. You're basically saying you got to go 14-4 and four just to get in at that point. Mm-hmm. And you know, now the Warriors do have a little bit of margin for error and... and more reinforcements than anybody on the way to Jonathan's point. And the single biggest key has been the defensive turnaround. I know they haven't played like Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and 
uh, Denver the last five games, but still last five games, a defensive rating of 100.6 or giving up 100.6 points per 100 possessions. That is just an incredible turnaround. And I believe over that stretch, it's tops in the league over that five-game stretch. An incredible turnaround. And you know that Steve Curry's talked about it on this station. He's talked about it after games. He's That's been our single biggest issue is we just are not playing defense. And now all of a sudden, they are. I give most of the credit to the players because they're the ones doing it, but the the coaches have figured out a way to implement some opponent-specific game plans that seem to have energized uh, the players. Or maybe it's a combination of things and they looked around and realized, all right, we're going to have to make a stand. But they have found, or they, they, they seem like they found an identity. Maybe we still need to see a few more games before we can rubber stamp and say yes, but Steve Kerr, when he talks, as we discussed earlier, about their grittiness, that's what he sees. This team has to be. They're not very big, uh, but they have to play very hard. They're relying on threes. Those aren't always going to be dropping. We've seen that the last five games, but that is the path forward. The Warriors have to be, perhaps more than we've thought of them of being in the past, they have to be a really a team that is gritty, willing to get physical and grind it out and play through these rough patches. We've seen it. It's really encouraging. And it's also encouraging to Jonathan's point, specifically Peyton. You can see how GP2, how well he would fit into the way they're defending now. It's really exciting to think about. 888-957-9570. We are halfway through here on a Saturday. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We'll come back. We'll reset everything. The home versus road splits. The with and without Curry. Curry expected to be back tomorrow. How much of what the Warriors have been able to do in the last five will translate to 11 of the last 18 on the road, beginning with the Lakers tomorrow. And uh, is there anybody you fear in the Western Conference? We'll get back into all of that coming up here as Warriors this week rolls on until 1 o'clock on 95.7. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. In the game. 
Marshall gets it, penetrate, gets it on the far side, the corner, Murphy, up top, Daniels, jump pass to the right wing, Marshall puts it on the deck, drives in, and swatted away by Jermichael Green! Knocked out of bounds! That was detected, inspected, and rejected! Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Tim Roy on the call, along with Tom Tolbert last night, right here on 95.7 The Game. Big game for Jamichael Green, making an impact uh, after not really making an impact the last couple of games. I think drawing the ire of many a Warriors yeah, fan. Yeah. But the Warriors able to do enough. Uh, kind of a kind of a tired-legged crew last night yes. in the sixth and nine nights and the second of a back-to-back. Not as much energy from Draymond last night. He was in foul trouble, a little bit slow. But what have you made of Clay Thompson's ability to, among the veteran players, as the season has gone on, he's been the most durable to this point and I think the the least affected by all of the games. And maybe that's because the Warriors took care of him early in the year and didn't let him play in any back-to-backs up until right before the All-Star break. But Clay almost looks like he's got more energy as he's sensing the finish line here with 18 games to go and this team's starting to get hot. He's become Captain Clay on the court in addition to Captain Clay on the bay where he's kind of running things. And we talked earlier about how last week after he had that big game against Houston, second game of a back-to-back, he was so proud of the way he played and he discussed how the coaches have him now focusing on some other things, rounding out his game as he gets older, similar to how Michael Jordan did that and he's embraced that. As I said earlier, he's had four in each of the last four games. He's been rebounding well, didn't rebound well last night, but he's been so efficient in addition, shooting the ball, you know, deadly range, but efficient, and he has led, without Clay, they don't go 5-0 and during this stretch. So it's been amazing to see him always kind of a secondary role when the team was healthy, now saying, all right, guys, you're, you're climb on my back and we'll go for right in the sky, which they've done these last five games. He's been absolutely spectacular. And I, I think he does, as crazy as it sounds, go in the, the category, as we've discussed here through the first 90 minutes on 95-7, the game, the category of what's it going to be like as players start to come back and the adjustment period that could short-term stall some of the momentum that the Warriors have started to build up as Steph comes back tomorrow. Look, it's a nice problem to have. You want that problem. You want to be able to work through it still with a, a little bit of a runway before the regular season ends and the playoff begins and the Warriors fighting for playoff seating. Every one of these 18 games really matters. Eight of the next 10 on the road. But Steph coming back, is Clay going to get the same types of shots that he's been getting? Is, is that going to take away from some of the shots Jordan Poole's been getting or Dante DiVincenzo? The Warriors still have to sort through all of that. Jonathan Kaminga has been amazing over the last week on this homestand. When Andrew Wiggins comes back, does, you know how does that impact Kaminga? And just the simple defensive intensity, grit, and grind, can that carry on the road as you look at at just the splits between the 20 and 18 with Curry. This team has not been good enough with Curry and fully whole. And it has and it has nothing to do with Curry not being great. Right. <laughs> like I, again, I'm going to say that I said that off the top. It has to do with the others and the groups and and the rotation and those kinds of things. Uh, 14 and 12 in the games without Steph. 
20 and 18 with Steph. I think the grit, because it's had to be there, has been in, in the 26 games. I, I think there's a, a comfort that comes with having Steph and knowing that maybe you don't have to be as fine or play as hard as consistently, that you know you have Steph there to save you, that I think has bitten this Warriors team a little bit. Will the defense at home carry onto the road for the first time this season? The Warriors doing all of this at home to get to 34 and 30, 27 and 7 now at home. 7 and 23 on the road and 11 of the last 18, 8 of the next mm. 10 are going to be away from Chase Center. And so your confidence level that the Warriors have turned a corner and will it translate on the road here after the five-game winning streak at home? 888-957-9570. That uh, question on the board. And then who do you want? Who do you fear? Who do you think fears the Warriors more or less than they did a year ago? A question from the week. And the Warriors and Suns. That yeah. is the one team. Uh, the Suns are the one, maybe the only team in the West I would still fear even if the Warriors are fully healthy on a little bit of roll. I think they're the one team in the West that, that could beat the Warriors regardless. Denver still scares me. They've always scared me more than you over the years. Denver still scares me some. Phoenix potentially scarier. Just a quick point on Clay for all the talk of will Clay ever be the Clay of old? I think now Clay's not worried about that. He's more focusing on being a new Clay in some ways and doing some things that Clay didn't used to do. And I think being able to focus on that and not worrying about will I ever be what I was? Like, doesn't matter. I'm going to be this now. And I think that's freed him. And, you know, what do I know? But just watching him play, he doesn't seem burdened anymore by can I be the Clay of old? Like, no, I'm this Clay now. And we're seeing Clay do some things that we're not used to seeing him do. Let's go to Joe in San Francisco, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Joe? Hey, guys. This is, a uh, once again, the best show on the 95.7 The Game. Um, this is a Clay Thompson appreciation post, but I just want to say real quick about those of us who are wanting uh, DiVincenzo to stay. Um, Kelly Oubre, uh, DiVincenzo is 10 times the winning player that Kelly Oubre is, and Kelly Oubre made a two, got a $25 million contract two years. So I, I don't think he's going to be around next year, even though I wish he would, because he's a winning uh, basketball player. <clears throat> Clay, as you know, historically had two, two quote-unquote, two jobs uh, historically. He, he, he sat and he got... Uh, the ball fed to him for threes, and then he had to go stop the number one, you know, the win, like CP3 or Kyrie, go guard, guard, go guard Kyrie, go guard uh, CP3, go take on, you know, these smaller, faster guys that Clay, uh, Clay, Steph couldn't get. His game is blossom. We're seeing the blossoming of his game right now. He's rebound. He's bigger and stronger than so much of the wings that are out there right now. He's getting rebounds, but he's also now handling the ball a bit more. Not he's never going to break anything down, but he's making his own shots. He's poking around, finding plays, spots in the D to make his shots. But last night at the two minute mark, after Ubre got that rebound, fed it to Kaminga. C.J. McCollum tried to take Clay at the two-minute mark, and Clay enveloped him. And it was a flashback to the deed that he always played. And then they got the ball back, and then he's on, right after that possession for uh, New Orleans, 
He, Clay knocks a jumper down. It was a big, I think, a turning point in the, to seal that game, and they haven't been able to seal the games before. So I just think it's fantastic. Clay is showing things he never had to, and I think that's a sign of leadership. And I just wonder, JD, could you th- do you think in certain matchups that he could be that? Stretch four that uh, yeah. uh, Draymond joked about a couple years ago when he came back. Yes, I, I I think absolutely, and I think that's part of the discussion. And thanks for the call, Joe. That that's been part of this discussion about him evolving as a player and and rebounding more. And, and I I do think as the league goes smaller. And Kerr's hinted at it a few times that Clay is strong and he's got the ability to guard up, and the mm-hmm. Warriors have more options as far as uh, you know guards to play with Jordan Poole and now DiVincenzo for for this season. So uh, I I do think Clay has the ability. We saw it in the playoffs a little bit last year. He played some four, and so yeah, he may not be the player that can guard the little point guards as much and I think McCollum's not quite as quick so I think he's somebody that that Clay with his length can still keep in front of him but he does have the ability to guard others at at different positions which makes him all the more useful in a different way but just as impactful frankly. Yeah kind of reminds me of you know even Magic and Magic of course could always play all five positions but later in his career you know, he moved to the four, and I know they're not the same type of players, but it's a natural thing for a guard as he gets older, if he's got any size, to maybe move towards the, the front court. Thanks, Joe. That's a terrific call. Appreciate that. Just to clarify the numbers on DiVincenzo, because we were talking about him earlier. Yeah, he's got a two-year option. Next year, though, it's it's a, a two-year contract. Next year is his option, 4.725. So he could opt in from the Warriors for 4.725, and he almost certainly will, will be offered by somebody a lot more than that so it seems unlikely that he'll be around although the Warriors would love to keep him he's coming here because he couldn't get he came here because he couldn't get as big a deal as he wanted somewhere else um but he came here to prove that he's worth more and so far he's doing that so fingers crossed but I don't think he's gonna be around next year yeah I I think DiVincenzo can get maybe double what the Warriors would be able to offer him on, on the open market, at least in the $10 million a, a year range. Uh, I think, again, I, to me, you use Gary Payton II as the template. Yeah, I mean, Gary Payton II was basically playing about 20 minutes a game, maybe a little bit less than that, and had the impact that he did defensively, and he got, as an older player, significantly older player, four four or five years older than DiVincenzo got the, the three years and basically $9 million a year. I, I think DiVincenzo, I think he could get four and 40, if you yeah. know, may, maybe more than that from, from the right team to come in and be uh, a backup player that, that winds up being a, a finishing type player, Whitey, for, for another team. I think playoff teams could pretend, not, not that a lot of playoff teams have cap space, but and I know his time, you know, not to bring it back to Sacramento, but... I, I know he didn't seem to enjoy his time in Sacramento, but he actually he would fit for them, I think, you know, as far as a team that is a playoff team that would have cap space and be able to offer him more. They did trade for him. Yeah. Uh, although you know, things didn't but now as a healthy player, he's been an even more impactful player. I just think he's his services are gonna be coveted, is what I'm getting at. Well that's just where the Warriors are, obviously, when it comes each year to putting together a roster when you're so deep into the luxury tax. If you can find a guy like DiVincenzo this year, Otto Porter last year, really good player who comes you know, short term, you won't be able to have them around long, but you get them at a bargain price. You got to jump on those guys. And they've Bob Myers has done a really good job of that so far. 
888-957-9570. Let's get to D in Portland joining us here on, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, D? Hi, Whitey and JD. I love you so. Um, hey, I'm excited about the Warriors homestand, and I hate to be the, uh, the downer here, but I do want to just add context to this Lamb issue. The reason why Warriors fans don't like Anthony Lamb, in addition to him being a bad player, is that he's incredibly accused of assault. Um, he was named in the victim's lawsuit. Uh, the Warriors are aware so far, Marcus Thompson is the only person, and I think Madeline Kenny, to report on it. But, like, that kind of accusation just doesn't fit with Warriors culture. And, I mean, it's Women's Empowerment Month. Our city unis are meant to, like, define women's empowerment. It's just we can't square that circle as Warriors fans. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Dee. Thank Dee. you for sharing I, that. I think that's yeah. I think that's more than fair. Mm-hmm. And and obviously uh that that Vermont uh lawsuit, students suing the school claiming they mishandled uh sexual assault allegations that goes back to December, I believe, a couple of months ago. And you know, Lamb I know released a statement about allegations going back to 2019 and and just in fairness to to uh that i mean he has denied he says the allegations and i have the statement here made against me in 2019 that have recently resurfaced are patently false i have always been fully cooperative regarding the alleged incident and have welcomed any investigation into the matter simply put i have never committed sexual assault so that's lamb's statement on it and the warrior's statement on the suit was that Anthony, and I'm quoting again, Anthony is not a defendant in the lawsuit and to our knowledge has never been charged with any wrongdoing in any legal case. Prior to signing Anthony in September, we did our due diligence with the NBA and his prior teams, as we do with all players. If any new information comes to light, we will certainly evaluate it and act accordingly. And so, you know, that's the statement from the Warriors. That's the statement from Anthony Lamb on that. But I absolutely understand where D is is coming from on it, and D's you, not D. alone yeah. in her in her thoughts on that yeah. as well. So appreciate yeah, the statement appreciate from the D. Call. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely, no no question about it. And I, I think that is part of it. We've had a few people that have texted in that have said, "Hey, this you know this doesn't fit," regardless of the specifics or the logistics as far as where the legal matter stands in it. But I do think it's important to. To give everybody yeah, yeah. at least statement sure. on it, and, uh-huh. and you can decide for yourself what what you are or aren't comfortable with as as a fan. So yeah, we appreciate that call eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson here on Warriors this week with Whitey Gleason as well as uh, the Warriors set to go here on the road, getting Steph Curry back into the fold as uh, the Warriors with the Lakers tomorrow, Oklahoma City on Tuesday, and the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday before coming back home. This is a huge... They're all huge, Whitey, but this is a big stretch oh, I for know. the Warriors here, down the stretch here. Yeah, at Lakers, at Thunder, at Memphis. Then you come home. Okay, we come home. Then you got the Bucks, and you got the Suns. Then you're at the Clippers again. Then you're at Memphis again. Then you're at Houston, at Dallas. Then you got Philly at home. So, um... Yeah, there's no rest for the weary, and there's certainly no time to reflect on, hey, look how well we did without Steph. Big game against the Lakers. Without uh, without LeBron, you got to take care of business there, right? You got to beat that Laker team. Well, and the Warriors haven't been able to do that. I know. They, they, didn't, they didn't beat the Lakers back on February 11th without LeBron. Now, the, the game coming out of the All-Star breakdown at 
at crypto.com arena. Uh, that still is tough. That's a tough one at the crypt <laughs> down at the crypt. Yeah. Uh, have you know that that one didn't surprise me coming out of the break that that was kind of an ugly clunky game, but the one that the one that hurts is the one back on February 11th when LeBron wasn't playing and and this was still the shorthanded Warrior crew. Steph was out at that point, but that was even before Wiggins had left the team uh, for for the personal reasons. And so that that's the one I think among all the Laker matchups that probably still stings the most as you look at it uh, in relation to you know, the head-to-head matchups. And yeah, you got to you got you feel like you got to get you got to get that one back as well uh, as the yeah. A doubt. Pardon me, as well as the Warriors are playing, they're not very big. The rebounding numbers have been impressive, but you know they're not a very big team, and the Lakers do have some size. You know, LeBron uh, being there, they miss him, obviously, but they still have some size. I think that was a big factor in that last game they played. The Lakers got the game tilted in their favor downhill and just overwhelmed the Warriors. So I'm going to be very interested to see how uh, the Warriors counter that and what kind of schemes they come up with uh, to control, presumably, Anthony Davis and what they do about that tomorrow. So it should be fascinating. And it's the fascinating thing about this season. Every one of these games is so important. Let's get to Khalid and Clayton. What's going on, Khalid? Um, oh, we lost Khalid there. Khalid, Hello. give us a call back. I think we had, we had a little issue with the phones there. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Khalid, uh, we'll give, you, give us a call back. We'll get you right to, to the front of the line there. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> we have Zach uh, ready to go in San Francisco. Yeah, let's do Z- yeah. yeah, let's go to Zach. Zach next here on Warriors this week. Hey, Zach. Hi, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the call. Um, so I, I think, first of all, I think people don't like Lamb and, and Ty Jerome because they're bad. They're just really not good defenders, and Ty Jerome is very hesitant on offense, and he, he often holds the ball or doesn't take an open shot, and so... He ends up in a, in a turnover or a bad situation. But I think the, the five-game homestand is, is helpful, but it doesn't answer the question, which is can we beat a big guy? Because we got rid of Wiseman, and so now can we beat Joker? Can we beat Giannis? Can we beat Embiid or Aiton? Because all these other guys, teams that go to try to go small with the Warriors, they're really, they have a hard time, and they're not going to be able to beat the Warriors if you go small. It's really the teams that, like you said, can pound. I don't think the Lakers will be there in the end anyway, but it's really those kind of teams that can pound us inside whether we can beat those teams. Yeah, thanks, Zach. I Appreciate agree. the call. Wiseman wasn't helping you beat any of those teams. Like that That's the one thing I will say. Wiseman wasn't playing against Embiid in the finals or Jokic in a, in a conference finals or, or even Aiton in a first or second round. Uh, so you know, he, he, Wiseman wasn't going to be out on the perimeter or in the short post guarding Giannis. So, I mean, you can get that out of your head. So, yeah, you can make the case that big teams and certain big players can hurt the Warriors. I think that's more than fair. Look but at how many rebounds. Wiseman, yeah, look how many rebounds Plumlee had against them. But to think that Wiseman was going to be no. any factor in any of that is just foolishness. Yeah, let me just say this about Ty Jerome, and I understand Zach's point. Ty Jerome is a, he's a two-way player. He's probably not a big part of your future. But I think one of the things he does to contribute is overlooked. Like last night, he didn't shoot well, but he had five assists, I believe. He has done a good job, like the games when Draymond was out. He helps them get into their offense. And, you know, you can cherry-pick stats. But this is not nothing 
offensive rating with him on the floor this year, JD, with with uh, with Ty Jerome on the floor, their offensive rating is one twenty five, and the defensive rating is one sixteen. So they've played well when he's on the floor. That's not an individual stat. I know we tend to misrepresent that, but the offense has functioned at a pretty high level quite often when Ty Jerome is on the floor. That's why Steve Kerr trusts him because he's a heady guard. He's a really good combo guard who can get a team into its offense. Yeah, and look, it's just patently false. Another another just. Patently false statement. Jerome and Lamb are they are they are not bad players. They're not. Ty Jerome has helped the Warriors this year. Anthony Lamb has helped the Warriors this year. I do think there's a stigma attached to two way players. Yep, no question. That 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 fans, a lot of fans think because you're a two way player, that means you suck. That and you're getting you are, in the way of the players that should be playing who are gonna be around longer. Yeah. Exactly. And and right now that's just simply not the case. Like right now, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb are more playable NBA players than Moses Moody than James Wiseman was with the Warriors. Now, you throw Wiseman onto a Detroit team with no expectation of winning. It's a full developmental mode, and that's a different conversation. But for the Warriors, uh, those players are more... You know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the one that's come up a lot because he's been able to come in and knock down a few shots here and there. Why is... Play PBJ. It isn't that simple. Yeah. It isn't that simple uh, as far as... Uh, the the young players go, and it, and it doesn't mean that the young players are farther away from from being a factor or being able to contribute, or that their development is being stunted. Yeah, the two way players are a means for the Warriors to acquire bench players and rotation players at a cost effective ma- in a cost effective manner because they're so strapped as far as the luxury tax goes. Uh, you know, and you know with all the other players that they have that are making huge cash. Yeah, and real quick, at the risk of oversimplifying here, but Anthony Lamb is shooting 38% on threes, which is good. Ty Jerome's at 381. I know he, to the to Zach's point, he's, he's tailed off a little bit. He's shooting 38% from the three-point line, which is good. If Moses Moody were doing that, he'd be playing a lot more. Did, did you hear Steve Kerr at one point this week almost reference the fact that, that Ty Jerome was 50-40-90? <laughs> when I think I did. Sample. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. I, I think were, were we both there that night, and we both kind of looked at each other or laughed, or or maybe you heard the audio of it, and and it was just yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, he's helped them, but I mean to think, and you know, small sample size, but Steve Kerr loves him some Ty Jerome and some Anthony Lamb. He may there's, see a little no, bit, a little bit of himself in Ty Jerome. Who knows? No, no doubt about, no doubt about that. And, and in fairness to Ty Jerome, Ty Jerome's not going to be a two way player next year. Like Ty Jerome is is going to be, I think, on an NBA roster as a tenth to fifteenth man next year, which is a step up. And and he noted the fact that he wanted to play for the Warriors because he thought he would get opportunities in the regular season to play a lot and showcase himself in a, in a you know a similar yet different way than Dante Divincenzo. I think Divincenzo was hoping he would get yeah. playoff games to show other contenders that he's worth a huge payday, but Jerome in a certain you know extent is thinking, Hey, I I can be a back end of the roster player and not a two way guy and I think he's he's proven that point in his time with the Warriors. And he was selected, remember, in the twenty nineteen draft about four slots before Jordan Poole was selected. So yeah, he's he's been a prospect. Yeah, and, and somebody that has played well for uh 
he was with OKC. Okay, played well, yes. Yeah, OKC okay, is where he's yeah. played well, mm-hmm. and and I remembered him. I mean, I. I I remember he played well in some of those games. I think the Warriors had won all of them, but some of those games where OKC was blatantly tanking, and and Ty Jerome was one of their better, one of their better players on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I I think the Warriors definitely took note. All right, let's get Khaled back uh, in Clayton. What's going on, Khaled? Can you guys hear me? This time? Can yes. you guys hear me again? We got you. Ken. Yeah, What's we up? got you. Yeah. I think we we accidentally hung up on you on that one. I think we put two lines together it, there for a second, and that knocked you out. It, it, no, no worries, no worries. It, it, you know, keeps me on my toes having to you know have that happen to me every once in a while. Um, <laughs> you know, let let me get into first. Let me just hit on this topic about the two way players. It, this is the one thing that drives me nuts about our fan base. I love Dub Nation. They're passionate. But if we're arguing about Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb in the playoffs, we, we, we're already done. They're not going to be huge contributing factors, you know, in the playoffs. They're, they're towards the back end of the rotation, and we know that the rotation's going to tighten to like eight or nine players, and they're likely not going to be in those slots. So let's just put that out there. They're great. They're doing exactly what the Warriors needed them to do from the two-way positions. But let's relax and not worry about that. Let's focus on the other stuff. The team that makes me more worried than anything else going into the playoffs is the Warriors themselves. I, I am not worried about the Nuggets, the Kings, the Grizzlies, and with the Grizzlies, they're a hot mess right now with John Morant now being suspended or at least not being able to play two games for the gun incident that happened on Instagram Live this morning and them losing Brandon Clark to an, a torn Achilles. Um, they're, they're in trouble. Uh, with all of that stuff going on, and they're going to probably have some adjusting to do in that regard. But the Warriors themselves are the ones that we have to worry about because the problem with them is which team is going to show up, the one that knows how to play defense and have Dubcon 3 coming back again, or are they going to revert back to the lazy defense and the stupid mistakes with all the turnovers that are going on? I'm hoping that this next run, because the Lakers are kind of weekend right now, OKC is kind of like fluttering, you know, based on what we're seeing, not what they did in the first half of the season. They were a surprise. And then the Grizzlies having their problems. I think the Warriors can get it together and start playing good ball and good defense on the road. The rest of the league is going to be on notice, and they're going to be worried because I'll tell you, all the talking heads are saying, hey, take notice of the Warriors. You know, put stock into the Warriors. That's the team that everybody should fear coming out of the West. Thanks, Khaled. Appreciate the call there. Uh, 888-957-9570. Let's react to that coming back. We're up against it at the top of the 12 o'clock hour here. Robin in the city. We'll get to you as well coming up first out of the top of the hour break as it is J.D. and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. Warriors this week at 95.7 The Game. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.